0: It wasn't that long ago that I was the one sitting in the pew, like you are, looking up at the priest. And so I can remember that until you kind of broach that relationship, the priest can kind of be an intimidating figure. right? Especially for those of you that only see me on Saturdays, and you only ever see me in vestments and behind the altar, let alone in my clerics or even less than that in sandals and shorts and a ball cap. Because for me, it's still kind of weird to think of people being intimidated of me because I'm just a guy. And so people being intimidated of me, just because I'm a priest, still takes me off guard. And I need to be reminded that because I am a priest, sometimes that is the effect that happens. I know even for me, before I even, Only when I got to seminary did I no longer have the question, what does a priest do from Monday to Friday? Doesn't he just work on Sundays? What I want to do with you today is reflect a little bit on this relationship between the priest and the laity. What is the nature of this relationship intended to be in the life of the church? And where I want to start is from something that I said way back on the first weekend that I preached, newly appointed as pastor in this parish. I pointed out two things that I hold on to in trying to understand the role of the priest to the people of God. The first is a quote from St. Augustine, who says, with you I am a Christian, for you I am a priest. And second is the idea of the priest being a foster father, in the same way that St. Joseph was a foster father to our Lord. So first, with you I am a Christian, for you I am a priest. I am living in the world with you. One of the things that always makes me chuckle is when somebody knows that I am a priest and they accidentally swear around me, they immediately get bashful, I'm so sorry, Father. And I just shake my head and go, look, I play hockey. I've been in a hockey dressing room. You can't say anything I've never heard before. When I'm with my siblings, their favorite thing to do since I've been ordained a priest is, you can't say that, you're a priest. Because I'm living in the world that you're living in. I'm not living in a separate space from you. I encounter the same temptations that each one of you do. To a degree, I'm removed because most of my interactions happen with you in the church community, and I don't work side by side with atheists or people of other religions, but I live in Camrose, like you live in Camrose. I'm a priest not because I have any special merit. I'm not a priest because I have done something or been set apart in a special way because of who I am. I'm a priest because of what St. Paul says today. I was many things before, but God has shown me his mercy. And from that gift of mercy, I'm to be a gift back to you. That's the point of the priest. This is what St. Paul says I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. That's why I'm a priest. That's why I'm here, not for any other reason than that. So if that's the case, then in order for this to be a good relationship, then you should probably know some things about who I am, because if you don't know who I am, it's very difficult to have any trust in the one that is intended to bring that gift of God's mercy to you. So here's a little self-disclosure. I'm the oldest of four kids. So for those of you that are oldest children in your family, I have some of those traits that are particular to eldest children. Like, I like to be in control, which is good and bad. I am goal-oriented, and I like rules. Those things are typical of eldest children, and so those are both blessings and curses as an eldest child. I'm also an introvert at heart, which most people don't believe when I say because I am now a public person as a priest. But that means that sometimes I face crowds and encounters with other people with anxiety because of that. I tend to be a people pleaser, which again is a blessing and a curse. I try to make people happy in all circumstances, which as a leader, Is not always a good trait. And so I'm working on it. And then I am generally intellectual first before I am emotive, which helps when trying to make decisions in difficult situations, but is not always helpful for someone who is feeling emotions in a particular circumstance. And so I say those things because sometimes people have reactions to an individual as a priest and Usually the bad reaction is that they think the priest doesn't care, that they weren't paying attention. Sometimes those are just my weaknesses showing themselves, not because of any ill will that I have towards any one of you. Because I am a man in the world like you are men and women in the world. Because with you, I am a Christian, striving for God alongside you, dealing with my weaknesses just like you deal with yours. But for you, I am a priest. And in this way, I am set apart for you in a particular way. And priesthood is not a job. It's not a nine to five. It's who I am, is a priest. In the same way that some of you are a mother and a father. That that also is not nine to five. And it doesn't end when your children move out of the house. You are a mother and father for life. And because of that, it's hard for me as a priest when I feel like I'm a sacramental dispenser, that I'm here just to do the job. And then when I'm done the job, I go home because that's not why I became a priest. The sacraments are a big part of living that priesthood, but I don't just dispense sacraments, dispense grace to those who come here. I'm more than that. I'm intended to be more than that. Which is why something that's really important to me, that because of being an introvert and because of being a people pleaser, I don't always do a good job of, is knowing all of your names. The problem with an introvert and a people pleaser is now that I've been here for a year, if I don't know your name yet, I'm embarrassed to ask you. But there is a particular parishioner here who from the very get-go, Every week came and said, Father, do you remember my name? <laughs> and so she put the fear of God in me to remember her name, and so I did. I need to know your name because I don't just want you to be a face in the crowd of the congregation. I want to know you because only by knowing you uh, can I love you like I'm supposed to as your pastor. So feel free to make me uncomfortable. Maybe don't all do it tonight after Mass because that would be a little overwhelming. But I do want to know your name because I'm not just here to give you the Eucharist, though that is the most important thing I can do for you. But that comes from the spiritual fatherhood that I'm intended to have towards you, right? You call me Father because in our Catholic life, the priest is intended to be a spiritual father for the people of God. And if that wasn't part of priesthood, I wouldn't have done it. Because the desire for fatherhood is too great in me to not have that as part of my life. And that's who I want and strive to be. But just like any other father, I need to learn as I go. doesn't mean I have it figured out. It's part of the reason why when you see me, if I'm not in my vestments for Mass, I'm in my clerics because it's a reminder for you and it's a reminder for me when I'm wearing it, what you can expect of me. It's a reminder for me of who I am to be for you. Because I'm intended to be a spiritual father, as weird as that might sound for people that are older than me. But that's my role. That's the ideal that I strive for as a priest. And the best ways that I do that, spiritual fatherhood is the sacraments first and foremost, because it's the one thing that I can do that nobody else can do for you. And so every Sunday when I celebrate the Eucharist, I do that as a gift to give you life, spiritual life, like a father gives to his children. I'm not sure how you approach Mass on Saturday evening, but if you're not here, I miss seeing your face. I look forward to seeing you every week because you're the family that I've been entrusted with. I do the same thing in confession. I tell you something that I don't think I've told a lot of people up to this point. One of the graces that I know I have received through ordination as a priest is that in eight years of confession, never once has somebody come to me and confessed anything and my opinion of them changed. Rather, more often than not, when somebody comes to me for confession, it's made me love them more. Because that is another place where I live that spiritual fatherhood for you, is in that confession. The other part is in sharing your journey of faith with you, striving to walk alongside you and point you to God every step of the way, as best I can to help you to understand better the ways that God is active and moving in your life, to help you through those spiritual difficulties, to know that God is always present, even when he feels like, even when it feels like he's not. But in all those things, there's impediments that we face today that make a lot of those things challenging. To have that relationship between you and I in the way that it's intended to be. One of them is we generally live much more individualistic lives than anybody did 50 60 years ago we kind of go at it alone a lot more much less as a community another one is that our pace of life is generally much more frantic frenetic hectic we've got a lot more going on the church also is no longer the social center of our community Many of you remember a time when the church was the place where everybody gathered for every important event in the community. That's no longer the case. It's one of many social gathering places and definitely not the first place people gather for social occasions. Another one that challenges it on your side as well as mine and sometimes consciously and sometimes subconsciously is the history of sexual abuse that reality is there on my side and yours as something that consciously or subconsciously creates a certain distance between us. Another one is that for the last few decades, there's been a confusion of roles between the laity and the priest. There was a time that it was very stark and very clear, and there were issues with it being that stark and that clear. But in trying to rectify that the distinction between the life of the priest, the role of the priest, and the role of the laity in the life of the church got confused. And we need to rediscover that again, of how you are a gift for me and I am a gift for you, and yet our lives are distinct and not equal in what our contribution to the life of the church is. These are impediments that I try to do things to step over. that's part of the reason for this homily tonight is to kind of extend that branch of trying to overcome some of those barriers that we experience in what this relationship is intended to be. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that I'm actually qualified to do is to help mediate your relationship to God. I am got a lot of years of school and I'm qualified to do almost nothing but I'm expected to do many things, which is why I need you as much as you might need me. This life in the church requires your involvement and your expertise, because I have very little expertise in anything. So pray for me, as I promise to always pray for you.